0: Beach sermons. Visit us at
1: CityChurchLongBeach.org. Rena Rubio, one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach. Please go ahead and have a seat. Be comfortable. If there's some of you who are not sure where the seats are, you're going to be able to see them as people sit down. Like I see a whole row of three right here. We put out some other tables and chairs. So hopefully everybody will be able to find a spot and get comfortable. Well, as we start out this Easter morning, uh, there is a traditional Easter call and response. Some of you may know, and some of you may not know. Somebody like me says Christ is risen, and the rest of the folks say He is risen indeed. All right, so we're going to do that a couple times. Christ is risen. He is risen Christ is risen. He is risen Christ is risen. Amen. So you are at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. A big welcome. I know we have a bunch of folks on Zoom here this morning as well. And so a special Happy Easter to all of you friends. I also want to say a special welcome to those of you who this is your first time at City Church of Long Beach, and we are so glad you are here. We are not particularly fancy or formal around here. Anybody who's been here before will tell you that, Uh, but we really try to be welcoming. And so we hope that you experience a little of that this morning. Um, One of the things that we definitely want to make sure our visitors know is where the bathrooms are. And so we have a few that are inside like through this door and up the stairs to the left, another if you kind of go all the way through the auditorium and to the right, and then we have a couple on this corner over here, it is an elementary school, so it will feel like elementary school bathrooms, Um, but there you go, so you know, you know where those good things are. Kiddos. This is all that this is all the good stuff. I see an awesome group of kids in the back. I am so glad. I'm so grateful for that. Uh, if any of you didn't get a craft packet, Dia is going to wave right now. Dia's waving right here and Dia has the craft packets for the kiddos this morning so that you have something to do. Oh, over by the bunny. Even better, by Jojo the bunny. That's that's really who you need to see to know where to get the craft the craft kits. Whew. Guys, we love to pray for our kids. And even on a Sunday morning, maybe especially on a Sunday morning where they have had so much fun uh, and we just have such an awesome group of them together. Could you just pray with me a little bit as we start our service? Feel free to just take a couple extra breaths. Um, some of you, because you know, you're know you here for the first time and it's a little nerve wracking. Take some deep breaths. Others of you, because you had to wrestle your kids into like Easter clothes this morning. Whew, take a couple deep breaths. Um, whatever it is you need to breathe in, As we start this morning with a word of prayer. God, you are good. Sometimes that's all we need to know. It's what we need to hold on to. Thanks for the kiddos in our midst who with their joy and their enthusiasm, even their sharing of eggs with somebody who didn't get as many, um, that they remind us of your goodness. We need that. We need you. We need the life you bring. Would you be with these kids? Protect them, love them, surround them. Would you be with all the kids in this neighborhood? Uh, the kids who are going to have a week off of school this coming week, but generally are filling these halls. Be with the kids in our community house. Got a special prayer for the children. Thanks for loving us. Amen.
0: Amen. I am Bill White. I am the other pastor around here, and it is super fun to be with you guys. I just want to give one uh, word of warning. Before you mm-hmm. take it away, which is uh, you'll notice there are a lot of kids here and uh, that uh, and they're making noise, because you know what kids do they make noise, so this that is not a flaw that's actually part of the design. So we love our kids. Usually we'll have like a kids ministry over here, but on the big Sundays like this, we want everyone to be able to join in together. And so just enjoy as you hear the kids talking, because I guarantee you when Jesus was speaking to the crowds, the thousands, there were lots of kids and they were asking for mom and they got hungry for a snack and someone cried (laughs) and that was great too.
1: Yeah, things will be spilled. There will be screaming at some point and we're gonna say happy Easter. It's all going to be good. And
0: there are a couple of seats up front here. If anyone wants them,
1: yeah, absolutely. There's still there are still spots around. Okay, very cool. So as we gather on this Easter morning, we are wrapping up a sermon series that we've been in for a little while now, a couple of months at least. Uh, all about the Psalms and specifically how the Psalms teach us to pray. They teach us about the shape of life. Because as much as maybe some of us have experienced a spirituality or a, pre, a presentation of spirituality that makes it seem like life is just supposed to be all good, you know, like if you just have enough faith, if you just believe right it's all good. And sometimes it doesn't actually fit the shape of our experienced lives, our experienced lives tend to be a little messier They zigzag a little bit more through seasons of, yeah, it's good. Seasons of, oh my gosh, it's bad. And the seasons of, yeah, it's it's kind of both and. There's some good, there's some bad, and somehow I'm learning how to put it all together. Well, this morning as we come to Easter, and it's this celebration of life. It's this incredible, just joyous time that we come together. It's actually because we're saying, yeah, this is the shape of the story, the shape of the story with all of its ups and downs. It still has a sense of it starts at a beginning where life is very, very good. Life wins. And it ends there too. We start in a garden and we end in the book of Revelation with a city that is just brimming with life, brimming with love, brimming with color. Life, even when it gets messy, is a theme of Scripture, this abundance that God made us for, that Jesus came to redeem for us. And so that's what we're really celebrating today. There is a quote that uh, our friend, if any any of you read Richard Rohr, he quoted a Brazilian journalist Fernando Sabino in this incredible quote, "In the end, everything will be all right. and if it's not all right, It's not the end. We start with life. It gets messy. I mean, life is also where we end up. And so we're gonna talk a little bit today about believing that life wins. Uh, We have our friend who is going to come up and read scripture this morning for us.
0: Ana Martinez.
1: Ana Martinez. She's out there. Uh, Give it up for (laughs) Ana.
0: if you've ever been around city church it's just you just really like to hear honor read things
1: because
0: mm-hmm. she is she's is super fun so i'm so here, glad you're here
1: here at city church we love to have people stand up as we read the word just in honor and really just appreciation of the fact that god likes to talk to us if you're at home you do what is comfortable for you therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. People of God, this is the word of God.
0: Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna. Uh, so that passage that Anna just read, it, you, you could call it a resurrection prayer. It's in the Old Testament, so it's in the Hebrew scriptures. It's written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And it's, it's been read often by Christians as saying, hey, this points to the fact that someone's going to come and die and yet live again. One of the things that we want to notice about this psalm is that it starts with this idea. Well, there are actually, the psalm's all over the place. You can go home and read it. Uh, it's really a wonderful piece of poetry and prayer. But there's uh, th- this line that that Anna started off with is David's praying. He says, my body will rest secure. And there's a sense in which David's praying this because he realizes he's not feeling secure. This is why we pray about things, right? We pray about the world because the the world's messy. We pray for peace because there is no peace. And and so in this prayer, it's this this honest acknowledgement of like, man, things are bad. And I need my body to rest secure. And there is an embodiedness about this sort of prayer, this sense of like, hold on, I need to be okay. And this is the story that we get brought into. This story that the world is messy. We need to talk to somebody, maybe God. I mean, some of us, our prayers recently have been, if there's anyone out there, Right, that's a prayer also. And we're trying to connect. We're trying to find some security. Mm-hmm. So I wanna invite up my friend, Patrick Petinato, who's gonna <laughs> share a little bit of his story. So welcome Patrick. <laughs> oh, love that guy. Man, you wore the fancy jacket too. Yeah, I, I made my hair extra high for you. <laughs> you did? Yeah. All right. Normally, we're not this fancy around City Church, but when Patrick shows up, you gotta get fancy, man. Boom! You gotta do it. I love that. So, um, so Patrick, how long have you been around City Church? Uh, started coming around.
2: Sorry. Hello.
0: <laughs> Better. Uh,
2: started coming around uh, July.
0: July. Yeah. So you're like an old timer, like a leader.
2: Funny story. I when I was coming around the second time I came, you're like, "Hey, Patrick, how how's it going?" I'm like, "How does he know my name?" And then I looked down and I had a name tag on. I was like, "Oh, there you go." Exactly how he knows my name.
0: Prophetic. Yeah. Prophetic That's powers. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and why did you come to City Church?
2: Um, actually, one of my friends, Adam, uh, told me about City Church. I was looking for a church. I've been in Long Beach around three years, and I was looking for a church here. Couldn't find okay. anything that I really liked. Nothing that really kind of followed my values of who I was. So. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned City Church and spoke about a little bit about it, and then wanted to check it out. So I invited um, Joseph to come with me, and we checked it out. When it was at this little house. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the that was house. When we were in
0: the backyard. Yeah,
2: we're in the backyard. <laughs> I was waiting for the cookout to start, but we're. It was exciting. So uh, we uh checked it out, and you guys were just great, both you and Brenna. And thank It's really good to be here.
0: Um, so tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey. So talk to us about growing up. And how that went for you? What was what was your religious life like, or your family life? Yeah, so
2: I grew up. Um, I grew up Catholic. Uh, came from a Catholic family. My mom, my mom's side was Catholic. My dad's side is Catholic. So uh, uh, grew up pretty strictly Catholic. I was an ultra boy growing up. Ooh. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, and just uh, grew up in this sense of like, kind of God was a fearing God. I guess like everything I would do, anything I would do, my mom would be like, "God's watching you," or like, "God's, God's <laughs> listening to you." You're like, so you had to be uh, scared of God in order to understand him, and I felt like there was not a like a reciprocation of like, understanding, of like, I could see God as like this like glorious thing. It was more like I'm scared of him, and everything I do is gonna be wrong, and there was that sense of confession and all these different things that I had to always surrender to God's God's fear.
0: And, and how'd that work out for you? So as you as you grew into your like your 20s,
2: yeah. So 30s. like growing up, like th- that fear of God um, really translated into like the fear of my my family and my dad and like everything I do. Like the author- authoritarianism of like being scared of everything. It was it was a lot. So because your dad
0: up, was a military. Yeah, guy. my dad was a
2: military dad. My dad uh, was in the navy. So uh, it, yeah, America, everything yeah. was on on point and strict, and I had to do everything. Um, to the T. So it was a lot of pressure growing up, right? Like I, I didn't have I didn't have any room to fail. And um I carried all that into my adolescence and into like my teen years, where like uh life was moving on with me and my life wasn't going as planned. Nothing was going to the T of perfection of like how I thought it would go. Uh my dad started getting into uh drugs and was in and out of rehabs and uh just my life was unstable.
0: Yeah, I
2: didn't have that sense of stability and and to ha- to ha- think that God would be my stability was not there. So uh, growing up, I kind of rebelled in my teens. I, 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 thought, well, God's not working for me. So why should I work for him? Uh, let me, let me play the role of God on my own, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be God and I'm mm-hmm. going to control my life because God's not controlling my life for the way I wanted to. Yeah. So, and how'd that work? Well, <laughs> it didn't work out too well, you know, like, but I, some things
0: worked out well, some things
2: did, you know, I went to college. I, I went to school. I have a, I got in my career really young. I controlled the things I could without wreaking havoc in it. And then all the other things that I wanted to carry on with me, like the pressures of childhood, all these things that happened to me as a kid, um, I carried it on my back and I, I wielded it with me. I didn't have God to help me carry that load. And um, that turned into a lot of like drinking and partying and drug use and all these different things that I did in order to cope with the pains of of growing up that way and having the pressures of life that I had to carry with me.
0: And so no, and but no church in this season? Uh, no,
2: so I was no
0: church. I, I, I again, I
2: was God. Oh, and so I didn't need Sorry. I didn't need God to like to get along to move <laughs> along my life right like Perfect. I was God and I played the roles and I can control everything and I can control the narrative of my life and I had nothing to believe in it was just very strictly yeah. me doing it on my own wow yeah so it was a lot of pressure I mean I, I I again I got into a lot of partying and drinking and doing all the things that you shouldn't do and um yeah it it really put me on my knees and it really pushed me down to like really drop everything and like really just surrender and uh that was uh february 18th of 2020. uh was right like two before, years ago uh a little over two years yeah, yeah. Okay. i um i just had enough i was, was just we, sick and tired of being sick and like tired what, of what,
0: like what was it that well like, how
2: did you <laughs> i went on a I, I
0: mean it's age appropriate
2: yeah well you know i went on a two-day party bender, and um i lost my keys my phone and my mind and
1: I, so I you found, woke up without yeah, anything. I found one, two. One day. Of, I found
0: two of the three. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll ask Tim what uh, yeah. which, which two of the three
2: was. Uh, I still lose my mind from time to time. It's kind of fun, <laughs> uh, you know. So yeah, I I, um, I just had enough. I was going through a lot of pain, a lot of emotional pain. I just had enough, so I just quit everything. I dropped everything and said like, just take it. Wow. And um, I, I enrolled into AA AA program and. Um, just really try to find myself again and the perfect thing, the perfect thing that happened to me and I thank God every day for this was a little thing called COVID. Because mm-hmm. it allowed me to be home and be stuck in my own like constrained like four walls, so I didn't have so you the, had to deal with yourself. Yes, I didn't Yeah, I had to deal with myself, I had to look in the mirror, I had to like see things on my own and really take away all the outside outside distractions of like what life was for me and I just was there on my own and really just focusing in and internally looking, you know, like, I feel like my vanity makes me look in the mirror a lot, but I never look within myself. Mm -hmm. And um, I really just dug deep and listened and shut my mouth. Can you believe I shut up? (laughs) You know, it's
0: a little hard for me to imagine, knowing you a little
2: bit. I I just had to listen a lot and um, (laughs) I had to listen to people that and listen to the things that I don't want to hear about myself. And so that, that really drove me into like falling into a program of like you know God's understanding and it allowed me to give up. It made me realize that I was controlling so much in my life that I didn't even allow God any room to come in and do his work. And I was controlling everything and it, I, I still do it, I still obsessed over the things I can't control and like I try to let let go, but like I control everything until the moment I have to let go and. I have to take time. I have to look at that part of my my life and take a step back and realize, like, I'm not giving God any room to work. I'm filling the, all the vacancies of everything, and He's not coming in because I can't. I, gotta, I don't allow Him the space. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest gift. And I, coming to City Church is just a huge gift. Like meeting you is a huge gift. Like, um, it's you know gratitude just meeting you. Like you really helped me a lot, and just being here and uh, meeting people like-minded, and you know just. Being happy, I found the, the happiness in my life. So really excited about that.
0: Give it up for Patrick Petinato. How about that guy? Dude, you so, so, so proud of you, man. I mean, you just hear, right? You just hear that that heart and, I mean, he's on his journey. How how long have you been sober now? Like over two years and two months, right? Woo-hoo! I mean, that's awesome right and you know he's trying to figure out god just like all the rest of us but trying to find life where there was not life yeah
1: Yeah, and while the details of patrick's story may be different than yours isn't the shape so similar right that there are ways that we we try we just try we try to make it work and we feel the weight of that and we carry it and at some point often there is this point of like i need help I need something different in my life. You know, a friend and I were talking a couple of days ago, and we were talking about how we explain Easter to our kids, Good Friday and Easter. And I was like, hey, I don't know if this is right, but I just know my kids asked me while I was driving in the car this morning, and I didn't have a lot of time to think about it, right, especially because I'm a nervous driver, so I'm already like, ah, left turn coming. Um, But so then the six-year-old says, hey, what is Easter? what is Good Friday? What is this whole thing about? And here's, here's the two sentence answer I came up with in the moment, which is Good Friday is when we're sad that the world is broken. And then Easter is when we're really happy and we celebrate because Jesus came to fix it. And it really can't just be that simple, right? Like just understanding and admitting that the, world, the world's broken and it needs to be fixed. It's sick, and it needs healing. And it's not, it is the world out there, right? And we see it all around us. We see it in wars, and we see it in in the way our our politics is working, and we see it in the way that we treat our neighbors. Uh, We see it in all sorts of just sadness and brokenness. And then what's really hard is that we see it inside ourselves, too, right? And so often our response is like, Patrick's like, can I fix it? Can I fix it? What can I do, how can I fix it? And it's a story of Easter. This this Psalm that says in verse 10, you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your faithful ones see decay. God, it's out there. It's like the sense that there are forces of evil, forces of destruction, and they're out there and they're inside ourselves. But God's saying, no, I'm not gonna leave it in you. I'm not gonna leave you to it alone. That's the whole point of Jesus. But, you know, recognizing that there are sad parts to the story, I was thinking it, it's just kind of who we are at City Church. It's hard for us to just kind of just only do one thing at once. So we had Good Friday, and we were, like, having good food and laughing the whole time we're in this, like, really serious. And then we had the serious prayer stations. But it's kind of like a funeral where you got to do the both and. You admit the sadness, but you do it in community. And so there's actually a lot of joy in that. And here on Easter morning, where yeah, we're leaning into the joy, and we're saying life wins. And we also want to acknowledge that some of you are still in the messy part of your story. And so, don't, you, don't we
0: always kind of go back to our? I mean, isn't there a little bit of? Yeah, something I mean, there's just
1: there's just always we can't help it. We can't help it because I mean, you mean
0: a particularly messy part.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, too. you know, some of us, you yeah. <laughs> know, it's messy. And you you actually get to do both. You get to be here and celebrate the joy of Easter. And if you're bringing in some sadness, you can do that too. You know, there's this story about Jesus and uh, one of his friends died, a good friend of his. And and the sisters of his friend came to him and they were good friends as well. And, and they were weeping and they were upset and they were talking with Jesus. And you know, a few verses later, Jesus was going to raise that friend back to life. He knew it. He had the power to do that. Like, death was not the end of the story. And in the shortest verse of the Bible, it says, Jesus wept. He knew it wasn't the end. He knew life would win. And he still took the time in the messy middle to be with his friends and to weep. And so there's just a moment of permission for you this morning. You could be hopeful and you can weep at the same time. It, they're not antithetical to each other.
0: And so there's this sense in which this is, this is what Easter is about, right? This is, there's death and there's resurrection. That Jesus actually is alive, so we're we're not left to deal with everything on our own. There's hope. Uh, you know, that passage that, that was read, you know, uh, you made known to me the path of life. Fill me with joy in your presence, right? This, it, it, there's hope. And this story ends with life. Life wins. Uh, sometimes, though, we, we get so that we just think it's for, for me, Right? It's, it's just an individual story, right? It's just, it's just um, to make me happy. And, and it is, right? I mean, I, I, want, I want to be happy, like I don't know about you, but I talk to God about like, help me, right? But it's so much bigger, right? It's just so much bigger than that. And, and if we miss out on the fact that we're actually part of this great big story, in this great big world and that we get to participate in it, then we've actually missed the Easter story also. Jesus didn't come alive just for you individually. In Matthew 19, he talks about the renewal of all things, that that everything is gonna be made right. That that's what we get to do now, we get to participate with Jesus. And it's about love, it's about this love of God and love of, of neighbor, but. Uh Cornell West once said, he said, justice is what love looks like in public. Right? There's a sense that this is this is bigger. This is bigger than just you. And so I, I had a funny picture of that this morning. Can you hold this for a second? No, you can just hold this?
1: I thought I was supposed to be like Vanna White or something. I'm like, Where are the boxes? I don't
0: know. thank you so I woke up this morning early because we had a sunrise service and I go out my door and there these three packages outside my door now they weren't there last night right but they were here on Easter morning this is my Easter little something something right they're actually not for me so these packages (laughs) sorry I'm sorry (laughs) thank you Vanna um (laughs) But it was just this reminder, like, oh, this is what it looks like to be a community. And these are these are super small reminders, but reminders still. So um, City Church has a community house. We bought a house in the neighborhood um, because there have been a lot of families from our school uh, and our neighbors who have, they haven't had a place to live, right? And COVID was particularly hard on them. And so there's, it's a two-bedroom house and there's a single mom with uh, two girls, I mean, two boys living in one room. And in the other, it's a single mom with four girls, right? And so, right now, some friends of the church are converting the garage into a third living space, so that another family can move out of their car uh, and move into the house. And so, um, Deani, where Deani's around here somewhere, but uh, she put together, where was she? Oh, there, right, there's Deani. So she's a neighbor, and she together a Amazon wish list with like, how many things were on that list, Diani? Like 60, right? About 60 things. And she put my address. (laughs) (laughs) And so literally you people keep sending crap to my house. I can't get through the hallway because there's a bed in it. Someone showed up on Friday afternoon with a a table. I'm like, where where are we going to put this? I'm like, I don't know. And I've st- I literally, the stack of boxes is now over my head. But it's this vision of this is what, this is what you do. You realize it's, it's more than you. You want to participate in what God's doing in the whole world. Right? And this is, this is small potatoes compared to what you guys are doing in your own neighborhoods, in your schools. And there's, there's a call to more. There's a call to sacrifice, to like live joyfully. Like, man, I really do want to see justice come, right? I really do want to to see our world change, and we're getting invited into this into this journey. So,
1: so as you walk out today, um, which is not going to be right this second, but a question <laughs> for you, a question for you to take with you, you know, maybe to your Easter brunches. Uh, Whatever it is that you're doing afterwards is, what does the resurrection story look like for you these days? Will Gaffney, who's a womanist, theologian, an Old Testament scholar, just an all-around amazing thinker and preacher, she has this wonderful quote. It's easy to find the broken places in our world and those that deal death, but where are the resurrection spaces? Where do we look to see that death does not, in fact, have the last word? And what is our work in bridging the gap between death and life? And so that's the invitation for us today, we think, to look for the resurrection spaces inside of ourselves, but also in our communities. Where are those spots where life is just happening? And we can just say, thanks, God, and actually join in the work. Our friends,